0: Hello and welcome to episode thirty-three of Stories of Strangeness. I'm Zoe, and this is Mike. Hello. And this week is a Mike episode. It is off you go, love.
1: It is finished. On December the first, nineteen forty-eight, on Somerton Park Beach, just south of Adelaide, Australia, the body of a man was found. He was lying in the sand with his back against the seawall, feet crossed and with his head resting atop it. An unlit cigarette laid on the collar of his coat, and he looked for all the world like he was asleep. Witnesses came forward to say they had seen a man matching his description at around 7pm the evening prior, in the same spot. They had seen him extend his arm fully, then drop it limply. Other witnesses had seen him later, from 7.30 to 8pm, and noted that he was not reacting to mosquitoes but assumed he was drunk and or asleep. They recounted seeing a man looking down at the presumably sleeping man on the beach from the top of the steps that led to the beach. The pathologist John Burton Cleland noted that the man was of Britisher appearance and was about 40 to 45 and was in top physical condition. He was 5 foot 11 with grey eyes and fair gingerish hair that was beginning to grey at the temples. He had broad shoulders, a narrow waist, and hands that showed no evidence of manual labour. Oddly, he had the feet of a dancer, wedge shaped, and with pronounced high calf muscles that again suggested a dancer or someone who regularly wore boots or shoes with pointed toes and high heels. He was dressed in a white shirt with a red, white, and blue tie, brown trousers, a knitted pullover, and a grey and brown fashionable double breasted jacket. That suggested American tailoring. He had no hat, unusual for the time, and no wallet. All of his clothes had had the labels removed. He carried no ID, which led police to speculate his death had been a suicide. His dental records did not match any known person. The autopsy showed that he had eaten a pasty three to four hours before his death, he had several enlarged organs including his stomach and a spleen at three times its normal size, but failed to show any foreign substances in the body. Despite this, the pathologist stated that he was quite convinced the death could not have been natural. The poison I suggested was a barbiturate or soluble hypnotic. The pasty was ruled out as a source though. In his pockets, he carried an unused second-class rail ticket from Adelaide to Henley Beach a bus ticket from the city that may or may not have been used, a US-made aluminium comb, a half-empty packet of Juicy Fruit chewing gum, an Army Club cigarette packet that weirdly contains seven cigarettes but of a different Scottish brand, and a quarter-full box of Bryant and May matches, originally a British brand, but who opened match factories in Australia. On the 14th of January 1949, staff at Adelaide Railway Station discovered a brown suitcase with the label removed. It had been checked into the cloakroom after 11 p.m. on the 30th of November 48, and was believed to belong to the dead man. Inside was a red-checked dressing gown, a size 11 red felt pair of slippers, four pairs of underwear, pajamas, shaving items, a light brown pair of trousers that had sand in their cuffs, an electrician's screwdriver a table knife that had been cut down into a short, sharp implement, a pair of scissors with sharpened points, a small square of zinc thought to be used as a sheath for the knife and scissors, and a stenciling brush, the type used by third officers on merchant ships for stenciling cargo. Also, the suitcase contained a thread card of Barber brand orange waxed thread that was not available in Australia at the time which matched thread that had been used to repair the pocket lining in the trousers the dead man had been wearing again all labels on the clothing had been removed but police found the name T Keane on a tie as well as Keane on a laundry bag and singlet a search for T Keane was undertaken in all English speaking missing persons directories with no result an inquest was held but adjourned until the 17th of June 1949 Cleland, the pathologist, re-examined the body and discovered some odd facts. The man's shoes were clean, and apparently appeared to have recently been polished, which contradicted the theory that he had been walking around Glenelg all day. This added credence to the theory that he had been brought to the beach after the man's death, especially due to the lack of nausea and convulsions, two symptoms that usually coincide with poisonings. Two drugs put forward by Cedric Stanton Hicks Professor of Physiology and Pharmacology at the University of Adelaide as possible causes of the man's death were Digitalis and Urbane, due to their toxicity in small oral doses and their being almost impossible to identify even if suspected, although the drugs named were not made public until the 1980s due to the ease at which they could be obtained. Despite the progress made, an official verdict for cause of death was not reached. After the inquest, A plaster cast was made of the man's head and shoulders. Around the same time, a small piece of rolled-up paper was found in a fob pocket in his trousers. It had printed on it the words, "tamam Shud, which translates to, It has ended, or It is finished. It was the last phrase in a book of poetry called the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam, and had been torn from a copy, rolled up, and placed in the fob pocket police conducted a countrywide search to find the book and released a photo of the scrap to the press. After a public appeal, the copy with the torn page was found, a 1941 edition published by Whitcomb and Toombs in Christchurch, New Zealand. The man who found the edition, apparently in an unlocked car, was referred to as Ronald Francis, but Detective Sergeant Lionel Lean, who led the initial investigation, was known to protect the privacy of witnesses through the use of pseudonyms, and Mr Francis has never been officially identified. On the rear of the book were faint indentations, suggesting that five lines of text written in block capitals had been written using the book as a rest. The lines were W-R-G-O-A-B-A-B-D, M-L-I-A-O-I which was struck through, W-T-B-I-M-P-A-N-E-T-P The next line was an X with an underscore after it, and that was crossed through, then M-L-I-A-B-O-A-I-A-Q-C, and finally, I-T-T-M-T-S-A-M-S-T-G-A-B. Along with this seemingly encrypted message, police discovered a local phone number, and another unidentified number. Department of Defence cryptographers that studied the message could not provide a satisfactory answer due to the short nature of the message, meaning there were insufficient symbols to perform analysis. The phone number was found to belong to a local nurse, Jessica Ellen Thompson, known as Joe. Joe Thompson, knee Harkness, was Sydney-born but now lived in Moseley Street, Glenelg, just over a thousand feet north of where the man was discovered. Police thought they'd found their first real lead in the case, but when Jo was interviewed, she claimed no knowledge of the man, much less what he was doing in Elg or why he would have her phone number. She did say that at some point in 1948, an unidentified man had attempted to visit her and had asked a neighbour about her. Thompson requested that police not release her name or details to any third parties, as it would be embarrassing or potentially harmful to her reputation to be linked with the case. And as such, was often referred to as Jestin and other pseudonyms by the media and in books about the case. Joe was shown the plaster cast bust of the man by police in an attempt to identify him, but Joe asserted that she did not know him. According to DS Lean, though, her reaction upon seeing the face was to be completely taken aback to the point of giving the appearance that she was about to faint. Paul Lawson, the technician who had created the cast and was present when Joe Thompson viewed it, said that after looking at the bust, she immediately looked away and would not look at it again. Interestingly, Thompson said she had owned a copy of the Rubaiyat of Khayyam while she was working at Royal North Shore Hospital in Sydney during World War II. She had given it to an Australian army lieutenant named Alf Boxall in 1945 at the Clifton Gardens Hotel in Sydney. After the war, Joe moved to Melbourne and married Prosper Thompson, a fact that she replied to Boxall with after he had sent her a letter and then broke off contact. Boxall was suspected to be the dead man until he was found alive and well in Sydney, and his copy of the Rubaiyat still had its Tamam Shud in place. In the front of the copy of the Rubaiyat that Joe, then Harkness, had given Boxall, she had signed herself as Jestin, with the J and E capitalised, and had written out verse 70. Indeed, indeed. Repentance oft before, I swore, but was I sober when I swore? And then and then came spring, and rose in hand, my threadbare penitence, a pieces tore. The body of the unidentified Somerton man was buried in 1949 in Adelaide. Years later, flowers began to appear on the grave. Police questioned a woman seen leaving the cemetery, but she claimed no knowledge of the man. Theories about the origins, motivations and cause of death of the man have been numerous over the years. Some think the man was a spy, as evidenced by the apparent cipher and possible poisoning. Although some think that that cipher was simply a list of initials, intended to spell out a message for someone in the know. One possible solution for the line ITTMTSAMSTGAB put forward was, It's time to move to South Australia, Mosley Street. Which is where Thompson lived at the time. This doesn't state what the last TGAB was for, however. A computational analysis done in 2014 by linguist John Rayling strongly supported the initials theory, but found no match in a large survey of literature. Of course, the Rubaiat could have been used as the key to a book cipher where both parties use the same edition of a book and then spell out messages using the text, along with page, line, or paragraph, and word numbers the format of the code does seem to align with the quatrain format of the Rubaiyat. According to John Harbour Phillips, Chief Justice of Victoria and Chairman of the Victorian Institute of Forensic Medicine, concluded that there seems little doubt it was Digitalis, upon reviewing the case. The swollen organs in the man is consistent with Digitalis poisoning. Oddly, but perhaps not sinisterly, Given the length of time that has passed, many pieces of evidence regarding the case have gone missing or have been destroyed. The brown suitcase was destroyed in 1980, and the few hairs that were left attached to the plaster cast have had much of their DNA destroyed by the embalming process carried out on the man. Witness statements have turned up missing, and the autopsy reports from 1948 and 49 are also lost. The original Rubaiyat copy was lost in the 1950s. An examination of the Somerton Man turned up two genetic anomalies. His ears showed that his Simba, the upper ear hollow, was larger than his cavum, or cavum, lower ear hollow, which appears in only 1-2% of Caucasians. He was also discovered to have hypodontia of both lateral incisors, another rare genetic disorder that affects only 2% of the general population. With those anomalies, Somerton Man may be easier to identify. Indeed, in June 2010, Professor Derek Abbott from the University of Adelaide obtained a photo of Jessica Thompson's eldest son Robin that showed the same Simba and Cavum relationship, as well as hypodontia. The chance of this being a coincidence has been estimated at between 10-20 to million to one against. Robin was also blessed with strong calf muscles, which he often used when performing with the Australian Ballet. The prevailing theory is that the Somerton Man was Robin's father, but was passed off as Prosper Thompson's son. In November 2013, Kate Thompson, Joe's daughter, was interviewed by 60 Minutes and spoke of how she felt that Joe had definitely known the Somerton Man and how her mother had confessed to lying to the police. She had apparently said that his identity was "...known to a level higher than the police force." Kate also spoke about how her mother taught English to migrants, was interested in communism, and spoke Russian, but would not tell Kate where she had learned the language, or why. Hey everyone, it's Brandon, and Whitney, from the Unity
0: Podcast. Para Unity is your place for everything paranormal from the teams that investigate it. Tune in and let our guests entertain you with their stories and
1: more. Authors and celebrities stop by and join us to bring these haunted places to life. If you like history, science, and of course, the paranormal, then you will definitely want to check us
0: out. You can follow the Para Unity podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you get your podcasts. What do you think? Okay, so firstly, I'm going to say I almost did this as my sode. <laughs> oh. well, it's lucky you didn't then. It is. It was like literally, it was second on my list.
1: <laughs> I had to check that we hadn't already done it. I had to go back through our episodes and go. Really, you
0: done Somerton Man? We must no. have done Somerton Man. No, it's but weird no. because like when I was like making my list, I was like, oh, okay, what about that one? Because that's a bit of a that's a twist. Because yeah. I wanted to do like a mystery, an unsolved mystery.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, and, and Obviously, I didn't. That's yep. a good job. So, as you were chatting, yeah, my brain was going, Whoa, "Let's let's go for the crazy."
1: Okay, first of all, He's, aliens.
0: No, no, it's a bit like yeah. Terminator. She oh. was shocked by him yes. because she saw him and recognized him but he looked exactly the same as when she'd seen him when she was a little girl. He was sent from the future to make sure she survived. Right. And when it was like the little bit of paper saying it is finished or it's done, it meant he had changed the past um, essentially and kept her alive because either her or one of her descendants needs to do something. So I want to know what have her descendants done?
1: So in The Terminator the guy is sent back the guy played by Michael Bean is sent back to protect Sarah Connor from the terminator and ends up and being and ends up fathering John Connor
0: isn't it yeah. isn't it yep. so
1: the fact that the somerton man well the fact that Joe's son, son
0: looks like the somerton had See? these
1: genetic anomalies as well
0: excuse me
1: so but then the Somerton man dies in 1948. Yeah, but then if Robin had a son, it could be him. Yeah, so he could be his own granddad.
0: Yeah, be like Fry on Thingy. He'll on be his Futurama. Own, yeah. Futurama. He's actually going to end up being his own grandfather.
1: Well, congratulations. That is fully batshit. But yeah, I like it.
0: See, but don't don't you think it kind <laughs> of makes sense? Yeah. So she would have been shocked because maybe, obviously, at that point she's already slept with him. Yes, but maybe she knew he was a time traveler because she'd already seen him in her past, right? And thought that he would just go back to the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I see it? what you
1: did there. I see what you did. There. I wish I didn't, but I do.
0: But no, I yeah. Mean, how else am I going to say that sentence? Yeah, travelled yeah. back to the time in which he came from, from <laughs> to which his he came, time. Yeah. from whence he came. Okay. So All
1: right, so that's that's theory number one. Okay, you.
0: theory number one. Yeah. Okay, theory number two. Okay. She was obviously some kind of spy during the war. Right. Like, posing as a nurse, because okay. nurses yeah. and medics can pretty much go anywhere, and they do... And they can ask they, a lot of... They used to have a bit more... Black
1: Blackadder? It was the nurse.
0: <laughs> what, Bernard? No, <laughs> no, it was...
1: What's her face? Who played Queenie?
0: Was she a nurse?
1: Yeah, was she, she was a nurse in Blackout of the Fourth. She was the German spy.
0: She was, wasn't she? He was, I... he
1: was sleeping. I with was her. thinking
0: about squirrels. I hate squirrels. That's <laughs> like that. the okay.
1: second or the third. I can't remember which.
0: Third, because she's a highwayman and he's.
1: Oh yeah, he's the Prince Regent's. Yeah. Uh, butler.
0: Yes. Yes. Anyway. anyway. So, because she admitted to knowing Russian and doing this and doing that, yeah, uh, a bit sneaky. So maybe their paths crossed in like a crazy two spies from different sides. They had their little tangle, made mm. a son. They shouldn't have known each other.
1: Maybe didn't know they were spies when they first met, and
0: and then kind of got it,
1: conjugal, kind
0: of. Realised while they were. Yeah. Oh yes, I just need to go and. Oh, I need to do also do this. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what spies do, so I'm like, I'm holding my arms like I'm carrying a tray of something. Like I just need to go and. Um,
1: I mean, it, it, we don't know that much about Jo Thompson, really. I mean, it could be that she had Russian heritage. Who knows? That's maybe. But why then she you would just Russian. say
0: oh, I had a Russian granny. You wouldn't yeah. be really cagey about where you learnt but it or why.
1: There was a theory that the reason they couldn't find out who he was was because he was something to do with the Warsaw Pact, which was a kind of a no-violence agreement between Russia and kind of European states that was signed right. in Poland in Warsaw. okay. So there was a theory that maybe he was something to do with that, either some kind of diplomat or a spy or something like that, and that made him very difficult to find and identify. Of course, the other thing is you're going back a lot of years. So, you know, things like DNA testing weren't very prevalent now, but they have since tried on a couple of occasions to get the body exhumed. But the law around exhumation in Australia is quite strict, Oh, do you have to have
0: permission from the next of kin or something?
1: I can't remember if that's the case, but I know that the... I think it was the coroner or somebody had said, there has to be a better reason than public curiosity and scientific... Yeah. You know, finding out. There's got to be a better reason than just, oh, we found out who he is, to dig a guy up, basically. But they eventually did do it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, and they also managed to pull some DNA off the hairs that were trapped in Embalmed. No, yeah, because when he was embalmed, they embalmed him because they didn't know who he was and they wanted to keep the the body as fresh as they can. Yeah. And what I didn't know about this is basically embalming destroys a lot of the proteins in the body so that the bacteria that doesn't, make you rot yeah, don't have much to go on. In,
0: doesn't, yeah.
1: But that also destroys a lot of DNA yeah. information as well. But at the time, the policemen that were in charge of the case said it was the first time they think they'd ever had to embalm a guy oh,
0: for these so kind of reasons. not as uh, thorough,
1: maybe. Well, who knows? I mean, again, it was 1948, so it yeah. a different time. But it was at the beginning of the Cold War,
0: Okay.
1: So with the strange message cipher, whatever it is, that was
0: indented into the back of the
1: book, that kind of leads towards, well, was it a book cipher, like we discussed in the Number Stations episode?
0: Yeah.
1: And that kind of thing. And again, you know, the fact that it it appeared to have been a poisoning, Mm -hmm. which was very odd, and it it could have been a suicide.
0: No, I figured it out.
1: Okay.
0: all right, here we go. Okay, so after the star-crossed lovers had their little... Tryst bit and realized they were both spies and they, they could not be together. Yeah. Because, you know, they were from the different sides. Different and they sides, went off yeah. and somehow he found out that she'd been pregnant and had a child and he yeah. he wanted to find out if it was his. Definitely his, um, yeah. And So, he was making his way back to to try and find her. Yeah. And the code in the thing was actually a message for her just in case, because he was being chased by someone who was after him. Right. So, he was like, literally, he was running for his life. And unfortunately, he didn't quite make it. Yeah. The message was actually for her.
1: For her. Actually, it could hold a lot of water, that theory, because the DNA evidence that they got back pointed to him having DNA that was related to Native Americans and Thomas Jefferson. So that, along with the fact that he had a US-made aluminium comb and his jacket was American-tailored, suggests that he might well have been American. Either that... Or at
0: least been in America for a bit.
1: Now, there is obviously another explanation is that he bought his clothes secondhand... Bought the comb secondhand. Okay. Maybe in Britain or something like that, where GIs had left them behind or something like that. True, true. You know, and actually at the time it was quite common for people to buy secondhand clothes and then cut the labels out because the labels usually had the names of the previous owner. Yeah,
0: it. yeah.
1: So that was one, one possibility for that. But with him having kind of possibly American heritage and her. Speaking Russian and who knows, maybe possibly having Russian heritage, yeah. they would have been on opposing sides of the Cold War. So if they did come together, not realised that each other were spies and ended up in a and not really that realizing ended up with their children, kind of yeah. that was a pretty much a big no-no. So I think that's an entirely possible scenario. I think he was probably killed. Yeah. I don't think it was a suicide, but no. it might have been because. You know, rolling up the thing that says "tamam" should and putting it which means it's finished. How do you putting know it in your he pocket. put it in well, there? Well, true, yeah, I guess we don't. But, you know, it's it was in a, a fob pocket watch inside his pocket in his trousers that even the coroner didn't find for a while. Wow. So there's a good chance that he put it there. But, yeah, it, it could be that he was kind of like, you know, he maybe he met, they talked, they realised it couldn't work he became completely despondent and decided to commit suicide but it also there was a witness that said at some point that they saw a man carrying another man over his shoulder now i don't know if that means like you know when you try and hold somebody up who's drunk and they've just got their arm around your neck or like fireman lift style or fireman lift style yeah
0: because if you see someone carrying another person, fireman lift style then the and they're not really responding with, ha ha, ha get mean, off me. Um, unless
1: it's weekend at Bernie's, you know, it's. it's I'm like getting why images do you of a
0: Septembering clue where they're like propping all the different bodies up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and like,
0: ooh, yeah. And,
1: and I'm yeah, getting, getting like, shades it, of uh, what was it? The Swiss Army man.
0: I haven't. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen oh, it, but I've good. seen the trailer. I was, was going to say, how very dare you. I still I haven't seen it.
1: I know you want to um, see it.
0: Yeah, so you'd be like, excuse me, mate, do you uh, need help getting rid of that body? Yeah. And then, like, he can't run after but, you because he's holding a but body. But again,
1: why would you just leave him sat on the beach? That's a weird way because to get rid of a body, unless you were maybe he, interrupted. you
0: want him to be because if okay, so if, if he was a spy, found, yeah. if he was a spy... Yeah, and you were essentially a spy assassin. Yeah. Okay, you would want your opposition to find him. Yeah. But also, you'd want to show how good you are because no one figured out who you were, how you murdered him, who he is. Yeah. It's a mystery. It's basically someone knows. And, and- I
1: suppose if if you were the spy sent to kill him, yeah, the easiest way to prove that you've completed your mission is to is leave to him have right him found. there. Knowing um, full well that his true identity will never, never come know. out because even if the police get close, people above them will just shut it down and yeah. say, sorry, and no.
0: There's a good chance that the people who need to know who he was, they know who he was and yeah. they know what he was doing, why he was what doing it, and they probably know who killed him as well. Yeah. yeah. Because.
1: Because they might have sent them.
0: Yeah. You yeah. never know.
1: One side or the other. Yeah, I think that's quite a compelling take. There are other theories. There were theories that he was like a black marketeer because it was just after the war. So things were still difficult and rationed and hard to get hold of and things like that, which that kind of ties in with the Death in Ice Valley podcast that I was listening to, where they think that woman was possibly a black yeah, marketeer as well. She had
0: lots well. of passports, didn't she? That's
1: right. Yeah. 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 Which they didn't find for him, they didn't find any identification of him whatsoever. Which suggests, um,
0: though, it was cleared out because...
1: Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe.
0: who does, At that point, though, who didn't have identification? Because wasn't it, like, the law? Yeah, well... I, Not the um, law, but, I, I don't mean, know. if you were a foreigner somewhere, you would have to have a yeah. passport. You'd have to have some form of identity. You'd ID. have had to have
1: got into the... Well, again, unless you might... entered the country illegally somehow.
0: suppose.
1: But, I mean... Australia 1948 you've you've pretty much got two options and it's boat or plane isn't it really because you can't drive there you could try you get quite wet going from pretty much anywhere else but yeah it's that was that was another possible theory weirdly one of the most odd things about this case other than the fact that he's never been identified the professor abbott who was looking into it and he was one of the guys trying to press for exhumation of the corpse yeah to retrieve DNA evidence, he went to interview some of the relatives that were surviving. Now, relatives of Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Now, Robin, I think, died in about, I think it was either 1995 or 2006. I can't remember which. I've, I've got kind of dates in my head at the minute.
0: Okay.
1: He passed on, but left a wife and a daughter. Right, so in theory, if they extract DNA from the Somerton man... Yeah, I was going to say,
0: they can do a DNA they test.
1: They can then compare it against her, because she should have received approximately 25% of the Somerton man's DNA. Indeed. So he got chatting to the daughter and fell in love, and they're now married.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah.
1: That's
0: madness. have been married for a while
1: now. So, yeah, that's really crazy is that the guy looking into the, so the their, death of this their man child
0: could essentially might be married have, to a
1: granddaughter.
0: You know, so could essentially, their child could essentially then have, what, 12.5% Somerton man yeah. DNA.
1: Yeah, in theory, yeah. That's weird. Yeah, that is a bit of a weird twist, isn't it? <laughs> like,
0: but, but, but why has the DNA test ever been done?
1: Yeah, and again, this is what turned up the fact that he was possibly related to Thomas Jefferson –
0: no, but I mean Somewhere
1: with online. her. Oh, I don't know. No, I don't think so. All, all the or if results it did, haven't nothing been, came
0: from it. Or... Maybe.
1: I don't know. I'm not, I am not. kind of, I didn't read anything that suggested it had been final. I feel
0: like if it had been done, though, they would have written something about it because it's kind of quite either yes or no.
1: Yeah. Well, there was a couple of articles I looked at and the links will be in the show notes, but there was a couple of them. One of them, literally the headline was, We May Never Know.
0: Ugh. Ugh. History.
1: either... <laughs> There was something about they'd managed to recover some mitochondrial DNA, but there's kind of two types. There's mitochondrial DNA and there's another type of DNA. And mitochondrial DNA is only passed through the maternal line.
0: Right, And okay. for some
1: reason that wasn't going to be useful because obviously the Somerton man it's wasn't not a maternal the mother line. of Robin. So they can't <laughs> yeah. t- test that kind of thing. So yeah. But there's another type of DNA, and I'm not sure if they got a clean sample of that. Mm. But that's the one that would be more useful in identifying him and that kind of thing through like forensic genealogy and stuff like that. Yeah. But they were going to look at widening the search and putting DNA into things like 23andMe and those genealogy websites that yeah. look at your DNA to see if they got any matches. But again, it, it depends because you can have matches on a handful of markers through somebody that is yeah. very distantly related to you, like literally 20 times removed over a different side of the planet and whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's not kind of an an easy thing to, to perform.
0: Yeah. It is a weird, it's, oh, as much as I love unsolved mysteries, you know what I'm like.
1: Yeah. You want closure.
0: I need to know. I need someone to just do... There's got to be a test somewhere. Yeah. But also, can I just say, the ear thing and the teeth thing... Yeah. I was like, if that's that rare...
1: Yeah. And actually, when you look at the the photos of the corpse of the Summerton Man, his ears are a bit odd.
0: So when you you said like... So basically... As you were saying, I was like sticking my finger in my ear going, what? Which
1: bit? So there's a bit there...
0: Okay, so, so basically, the, top,
1: the bit around the around the very edge of here is called the helix. Yeah, and then this bit that kind of goes
0: inside in there is
1: the anti-helix. So the top, the top
0: bit. Yeah,
1: and then your cavern is this bit the big, where you the basically, big hole bit, yeah, pretty much where your ear Where hole you're not supposed starts. to stick stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: and the simba is like. There is that that little. The, it's that little hollow above that little yeah. ridge. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So which bits on him? So were that
1: big- the top bit there on him is larger than the bottom bit. which is really weird he's got quite a large simba it's not that that weird to look at you look at it and you just go oh his ear's a bit odd but you don't kind of look it doesn't look like alien or anything
0: I'm going to be looking it up after
1: but the hypodontia thing essentially you have two incisors at the front yeah, and then you have two more incisors lateral incisors either side yeah. those are missing on him so his canine teeth are directly next to his incisors and it's the same with Robin
0: Okay, but I've had two teeth removed. You've had a couple
1: of removed, but but
0: I've still got like so. I've got my main front teeth, and then I've got little some little side teeth, and then I've got my canines.
1: Yeah, so he's missing those two little side teeth.
0: Yeah, but I've had two teeth taken out of there as well somewhere.
1: Well, then you're a Top genetic bottom. anomaly as well, just like me, because I've had four removed and I can't remember. I don't I think mine were premolars, though, or something like that. I'm not sure. I don't um, know now. But yeah, basically, he didn't have these lateral incisors either side of his main incisors. Yeah. It was just incisors and then canines straight away. So they, they just never grew so in. They-
0: he, he looks like the some of you know the old vampire movies yeah. where they're like not,
1: not quite because his, uh, his canines weren't like you know sharpened to a point or anything. But I
0: was going to say, did he not use the weird sharpened scissors to like? Fire I mean, his
1: we teeth? call them canines, but they're nothing like canine teeth. I, they're I, not I, even they're not even like gorilla canine teeth. They're, they're very small. Some people
0: and do have quite prominent, pointy ones, slightly
1: like. pointy ones, but not nothing like the nothing
0: kingdom. like Arrgh. no, you know, like werewolves.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So those those were missing on so him. So he was and quite
0: a dis- like he had quite a distinguishable. No, that's a wrong word. He had just quite distinctive. Distinctive. That's what He had quite a distinctive look with his slightly odd ears, which I mean I would notice that I'm sure because it's interesting. And then teeth. I when you look at people's mouths when they talk to you. Yeah. And if he was smile, which you'd hope he would at least once or twice. Yeah. You know, you'd go. Interesting, because your eye would pick up on that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the ear thing—you would kind of looking at the photos, you would kind of go, "Okay, yeah, his ear looks a bit different." But it's it's not like like I say, it's not like groundbreakingly weird. You would look at it and go, "Oh, okay, his ear's a bit different. That's all." Yeah, and you know, his his canines being next to his being next to his incisors. I think you would have to look quite hard to mm. spot that. Because some people have like lateral incisors that are quite pointy and things like that. Really. Um, and plus, I mean, you you look at the photos of him, and he just looks like a guy. You know, you would you would have to be looking not really, an alien, then. No, mm. you'd have to be looking very closely to spot those details. I think because, like I say, even the, even the, the either the pathologist or the coroner or whoever missed them the first time round.
0: Yeah. Okay,
1: and then kind of later was like, oh yeah, they're they're unusual.
0: But also, he said he had prominent calf muscles, was it? And yeah, and and, sh- and feet that looked like they wore heels, pointy shoes and heels. So, yeah. do you think that maybe on his spy missions he was doing a lot of like? the tango with, the, like, you know, well, to it mean, in places.
1: Possibly. Although I mean, back... But possibly the thing is he though, was a dancer that was...
0: Back in the day, due though, due to Tour
1: the World and dancing, was recruited.
0: Dancing was a pastime. Like, you yeah, could go dancing every went, week.
1: went dancing and... Because and, it was yeah. a thing to do. But, yeah, it, it, it's possible that he was, like, maybe he was a ballet dancer, but then because the ballet companies can tour the world performing all over the place... You know, there was another podcast I listened to that was all about whether the band, the Scorpions, who did "The Wind of Change," yeah, whether they were CIA agents
0: because <gasps> it would be that would be a way to because they to were get one of the first around. bands
1: ever to perform in in Moscow in Red Square. Really, I think it was Red Square, but they definitely performed in Moscow. Yeah, and they were one of the first bands ever to perform over there. And the the the, the podcast goes into a lot of detail. And it's well worth a listen. Actually, it's very entertaining. But Do it you goes, actually know
0: the name of the podcast? Uh, <laughs> Rather than saying it's really entertaining, but I'm uh, not going to tell go you what on, it is. I'll
1: I'll I'll look it up and I'll stick it in the show notes if I can remember. But the idea was, is because they were touring and because they were free to travel and move between yeah. countries, they were ideal people to recruit as spies. So something like a dance company could have been that as well.
0: Yeah. But then look at all the, the Russian ballet troops that yeah. travel all over.
1: Yeah, and some of those might be But then I recruited suppose the I'm sure
0: we've done Cargay the same. Bay. I'm sure that literally every country has, you know, operatives. Yeah. People who you just wouldn't expect.
1: Well, that's it because the thing is you you go for people that don't stand out for your main kind of field agents. You want people that, you know, I mean, I've said it before, James Bond in real life would not look like James <laughs> Bond because there's no. no way they would pick somebody like that because this every Bond on screen stands out like a sore thumb. Yes. And they would pick somebody more like Toby Jones. Who's that? The guy from The Detectorist. <gasps> Do you know what?
0: As soon as I said, who's that? I was like, no, I know who you mean. Well,
1: he was in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy as one he of the was, spies in that he? as well. Yeah. Actually, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, I think was a very interesting representation of spying and Spycraft. And I think it's probably a lot closer to the truth than most people even realise. But the people in that, all right, there was, you know, there was Mark Strong, who's quite a handsome-looking chap, but they they gave him, like, a crappy haircut in the film uh, yeah. that was of the time, and he was balding and stuff like that. So he didn't look quite so, you know, usual Hollywood kind of hero type mm. or villain, because I think he's played both. But yeah, the, like when you watch that film, it is just kind of middle-aged guys in long raincoats yeah, wandering you, around. You
0: don't and, want people who stand yeah. out. You want the people who you just kind of go, "Huh. Oh,
1: who you, go who on. basically if if something happens, you want people to go, "Right, well, can you describe him? He was about average height, about average, average build, build, brown mousy Maybe a bit hair.
0: Old, on the old side, going a bit, yeah. you know. So like, well, you've just described 99% of yeah, men.
1: of of that age. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what you want in a spy. You want somebody yeah. who doesn't stick out. So, yeah, I mean, from the photos of the Southern a man, he's he is a very kind of average-looking guy in a lot of ways. So, yeah, it could have been that he was a spy. Who knows? We may never find out.
0: Probably not. I'll add it to my list of grievances. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're going to be the first person to rock up the pearly up to the pearly gates with a list going go, right, right I want all of these or I'm not coming in. otherwise you can't have
0: them I'm, I'm going to wait if yeah. you go
1: yeah I'm and not going like, anywhere else you're not sending me anywhere else like, you expect already,
0: that you're going to get in here
1: <laughs> I've already spoken to Satan he will not take me
0: <laughs> is that what you think yeah that's probably because you're already down there going whatever you do don't let her in alright
1: I'll, I'll be down there going Look, dude seriously
0: if you it want is a gonna moment's peace. <laughs> it
1: is going to be a headache for you. Trust me.
0: Fine. I'll just go into weird limbo and be a ghost and find all out all of these things from all the other ghosts wandering about.
1: I love the idea that there's a weird limbo. There's, there's like a normal limbo and then there's weird limbo, which is just...
0: Bending forwards.
1: Yeah.
0: Ah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um. <laughs>
1: not much of a challenge is it can you bend over at the i light? don't know yes I'm, I'm human and have a spine Actually,
0: at the moment i can but if i stand up too quickly <laughs> it all goes wrong yeah then i'd like sir is it circumvent the globe is that a-
1: circumnavigate Circum- circumvent what? means to kind of avoid
0: <laughs> i can avoid the globe yeah and go into outer space no i will just travel around until i have all of the answers i want
1: and okay. need fair enough
0: and if it means I have to go, I'm like, uh, George R.R. R. Martin, we poking poked him with a stick. If he's ah. alive or dead, I will harass him until <sighs> bloody tell me what happens in that last fricking book.
1: Well, you've oh. already watched it. What does it matter?
0: I want a different ending.
1: Yeah. Doesn't everybody. <laughs> anyway.
0: Let's not get like trapped in that little
1: Yeah. I think we've again. already done Game of Thrones disgruntlement.
0: <laughs> there is no end. Yeah. There's so many things. So many things, but yeah, I, I kind of, part of me is like, oh, it's, it's these are mysteries because of the time that they happened in. Okay, if, yeah. If something like that happened now, yeah. although we might not figure out the ciphers, etc., there is a very good chance we would figure out who he was. Yeah. Like, one of, one of the weird things I was going to do for my minisode, which I didn't because there wasn't a huge amount of like weight to it yeah was the feet that keep washing up around oh yeah uh, like vancouver
1: yeah
0: like canada uh, and um, puget sound yeah and um, i read a
1: thing about that the other day yeah
0: there was i think it was 15 in total over the space of a couple of years and people were like what What the the hell hell is going on yeah and it was really weird because it was mostly feet in trainers yeah just a single foot, although yeah. I think in a couple well, you, of cases... You can't
1: generally jam two into the same trainer anyway.
0: Well, shut up. But, no, you say... I'm joking. Apparently, out of the... I think it was 15, nine, they've actually figured out who they belonged to. Yeah. But there were two sets of actual pairs found at different times, just... At-
1: you imagine just rocking up to somebody's door, knocking, and they're like, oh, that's where it is.
0: Or well, they're hopping. Yeah, they're just
1: hopping <laughs> around in the house. Oh oh, do you know what? This is really but- going to make my life so much easier.
0: Not to go off on a tangent, but I want to tell you because it's just like little and mini, and I was like, oh, that makes loads of sense yeah and so it was this mad mystery for a bit and then this science guy went nope it's just science, science. guy I don't know
1: who he was I Captain cap- Science Captain
0: Science said it was it was Bill Nye the science guy no, it wasn't at all um, <laughs> he said it's science okay so a couple of the people's a couple of the people who they found out who they belonged to they said they were people who they believed had committed suicide yeah and they were like but, but why is it just a foot yeah So this guy did a load of research and he looked back and there was a guy during, I don't know if it was during the war or if he just did it for shits and giggles, wanted to look at how a body sinks when it drowns.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: And he took like people from the Navy Marines or something he was like, right, you guys, naked, in some water, I want you to just float or just relax and just meh to see if they float or sink. Now, I'm a very buoyant person. If I relax in water, I float. like literally. You shoot out
1: of it like a beach ball that's been <laughs> held underneath the surface.
0: Quite frankly, me trying to actually swim underwater is me diving down and within two seconds rising to the top and just swimming with my head underwater for the remainder of the way. I cannot get my body to... Like some people can swim under the water yeah, for ages. Me. I cannot do that You're a
1: flotation I'm, device I
0: am Honestly Even when I was really small And skinny And like had no fat on me So Like that was not like a Ha, ha, ha You're just like mm.
1: I just Forever on a plane crash at sea I'm just grabbing onto you for Yeah dear I'm life. literally
0: like a lifeboat It's ridiculous But I You know One of my friends When she was learning to swim They were like You're doing everything right Everything But she would just sink Yeah And it's like well, We don't know what happens But they worked out That most people When they relax They Now, which way round was it? Because it turned out that they basically said that most people, when they drowned, would sink. Yeah. Okay. And if they float for whatever reason, the bodies react in different ways, because obviously a body um, on the top of the water has air getting to it, whereas it's under the water, the pressure and the, the temperature... And just the con- the conditions, yeah, they can actually hinder the the bloating process. Even though they do bloat, right, yeah, they don't necessarily blow up with air, and because the pressure's more, it stops them from bloating. Depending on where, what you how deep yeah, the water yeah. is, and then they said well, actually the body will start to to rot and decompose. Yeah, and most of the shoes that turned up were in trainers. Yeah, now. So trainers are made of air-filled plastic. Like it's yeah. a really big thing now to have air pockets in the soles and such So, it makes them very or even buoyant. Or just
1: foam soles. Exactly. Or, yeah. So foam,
0: all of that floats. So as the body decomposes, yeah, the the you know the muscles, the tissue, everything breaks down, and the shoe goes. Hey, woohoo, boop. Yeah. And floats to the surface, where it then gets caught by the, the current. surface current. Because yeah. then you've got, like, with they were sort of saying, well, how did they end up here if they committed suicide over there? And it's like, well, the undercurrent goes in one direction, the top current goes in another direction. So yeah. the body would have been taken to a different place for then the shoe to come up and get caught by a top current that would have actually ended up somewhere else. Yeah. And apparently puget sound and that area they have this kind of I can't, they kind of called it like a a perfect something right like everything kind of ends up there yeah and that's why randomly all these had, had turned up here yeah because of the the kind of all the conditions were, were the,
1: the perfect, conditions right. were
0: right and it's apparently Flat. there was a, a spate of like fakes and stuff as well people just kind of you know Oh, well, let's joke around. Let's leave. People
1: let's... are so weird. I
0: know. It's like oh, feet what? start
1: washing up on shore. Oh yeah, let's let's, let's do add that to too.
0: That. It's like for a start, you're going to have to waste a trainer.
1: Yeah, it's like people that that spoof big footprints and stuff like that. It's like what do you get out of it? Really? What, just oh, giggling? the knowledge that you've put put one over on certain people who maybe believed you. I don't. I just don't it's see weird. the attraction personally of, of doing stuff like that. Because then the other side of it is, is that any decent, genuine research tends to get kind of, you know. That's what they want. You know, ridiculed Isn't and, it? and put down. Yeah, yeah, maybe.
0: But yeah, so basically, if that had have happened yeah. years and years ago, it would have been this mad mystery. But because it happened now in a time where we can go, science, yeah, we explained it. And well, like was like, saying, oh, you know, okay. even,
1: even things like, I mean, forensic genealogy didn't come about until fairly recently, where you know the the technology a that was available to take DNA samples easily. Then the rise of the but internet and communication, websites that actually,
0: literally, they do could have just gone, things. hey, anybody does like this? If it's only like what one percent of humankind or whatever, would what say two yeah. percent of one to two percent? That's still of, yeah. a huge amount of people, but. If they went on to, even if it was like Instagram or Facebook and said, hey, we're looking for people who have got this trait. Yeah. Or we want people with this trait and this trait. You know there's going to be loads of people going, oh, yeah, my neighbour's got that. Oh, yeah, one. yeah. And they'll go, right, okay, we can add that to the list of people to just go and say, hey, Just by go and the check way.
1: out, yeah. Yeah.
0: So it is really surprising, though, that we still have unsolved cases. Well, In yeah, way- but again,
1: you know, a lot of the times with the older cold cases, the evidence has either been lost no, or destroyed. No, I'm talking about modern
0: day unsolved oh, yeah, cases. Modern day. We've still got there's, those. There's hundreds still hundreds of happening. thousands of
1: people that disappear every year and nobody ever, you know, lots of them don't, never get found. And some of them you've got to think there's got to be a percentage of them that are just like, bugger this, I'm off and up yeah. and start and a new life somewhere. Yeah,
0: started a new life somewhere, that's it.
1: Some that are taken and murdered or kidnapped.
0: Undisclosed location, etc.
1: A chunk of them maybe. be Aliens Exactly Yeah Taken and probed And then maybe not returned Who knows But but there was an interesting thing That I saw a while back Which was an overlay Of missing persons cases It was the, the missing 411 thing Where they yeah. go Oh yeah There's loads of people Gone missing in um, parks And they overlaid The missing persons cases With the location of cave systems In the US And it's so close. It's, it's just the cave crazy. People. Well, it's just it's Ugh. probably more that people think they're perfectly capable of going spelunking, even though they've never done it before, or even though they've done it a few times, or whatever. They they get lost and they get
0: oh my you know, god, people they, are going just into caves, just stop it. Yeah, <laughs> caves are scary.
1: Yeah, I mean literally I that, the I only mean, ones I want to go they... into are the Wookie Hole caves again. That was about it. They were very pretty, and you get a guided tour around those. So. Yeah,
0: but the last time I went there, they wouldn't let me leave because they thought I was the Wookiee Hole Witch.
1: Yeah, well, you almost were at one point, <laughs> weren't you?
0: It wasn't for you, love. You ruined that plan. Oh. I was like, I've only just moved in with you. I can't in any way go and live as a hermit in a cave. <laughs> I'm probably more fit to do it now, or unfit, should I say. I've <laughs> got more the look going on and the yeah, laugh. Yeah. But going into... No, don't go into caves. No. Like, I mean, I don't mind standing and looking. If I go, like, walking a little way, maybe, as long as I can still see the exit. But there's no way, like, these stupid people who kind of just wander off into caves. Like, are you going to put a little bit of string? Are you going to tie a bit of string to a tree and, like, unravel your scarf or your jumper (laughs) just to make sure you can get back out? No?
1: Yeah, if if you're thinking about going caving or spelunking or whatever, I would suggest watching The Descent... Yes uh, And then watching What's that Is something like 72 hours Or something like that The one where it's The guy who was Based on a true story Where he gets his arm trapped While he's going bouldering Or rock climbing it's cl- or The climbing
0: one Yeah I yeah, And he seen has it to cut his arm like, off To get no. out of
1: it Yeah Just watch those And then and then think about Where or, you really want to go <sighs>
0: Thanks for that love I, didn't, yeah. I, I think I Knew most of those Details about the case But not the bits That came after Right like The okay. stuff that happened after Yeah um, and the, the physical features of him. Yeah. Cool. It does explain why, why the picture of him looked really weird, though, if it was actually a cast of him. Because I was looking at it going, he does not look well. <laughs> I mean, I know he's dead, but he doesn't look well.
1: <laughs> and on that note. Yeah. This time we're going to say, where can they find us?
0: Okay. If you have enjoyed today's episode and you feel like getting in contact, maybe you've got a strange story you want to tell us or you have a story you would like us to look into, you can contact us in many ways. We have an email address
1: Stories of Strangeness at gmail.com.
0: You can find us on Facebook.
1: Facebook.com slash stories of strangeness.
0: We are also on Instagram.
1: Instagram.com slash stories of strangeness
0: you can have a look at our website, storiesoftrangeness.com. If you are interested in any merch, you can find our account on Redbubble. You need to look under Zoe and Mike, all one word, and you can find our logo and random sketches we have done inspired by previous episodes. And lastly, if you have enjoyed this episode and you want more you can find us on Patreon. Woo! So we have two tiers. The first tier is...
1: A pound a month.
0: And for that, you will get a shout out and our gratitude. It helps support our website and keep our equipment up to date. But for the sum of... Three pounds a month. You get... Loads more. Yeah! Well, a bit more. Well, it gets more and more as it goes on, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So there are minisodes.
1: There are. Of
0: varying topics. Yeah.
1: There are outtakes. Where, of which
0: there are many. <laughs>
1: yeah. And there are some time lapse videos of us drawing stuff for Red Bull. Yeah. Right. I think that's it, isn't it? Have you got a fun fact?
0: Oh, I have a fun fact. Excellent. That I was told today, mm-hmm. but I'm not great at. Is it Epitomology?
1: Etymology. Etymology. Yeah.
0: I'm not great at etymology, but my good friend Laura has got a bit obsessed with it. And today she told me that the word fuck used to be used to mean bash or hit. Right. And that previously that people were named after their jobs. Yeah. So the guy that used to like whip up the butter and beat the butter and churn the butter. Yeah. Yeah. His name was Fuck Butter. <laughs> yes, I'm wondering if there are any descendants out there who very quickly dropped. Well,
1: so Reginald Fuck Butter the <laughs> third.
0: Yeah, exactly. Of I'm like the
1: New England it, Fuck Butters.
0: <laughs> this is it, and I was like, do you think it would be a bit like a Hyacinth Bouquet thing? Yeah, where it's like, uh,
1: Foucher <laughs> Yeah.
0: It's Like drop, drop the, drop the F or dr- just drop the CK. So it's yeah. fubiter, fubiter, fubiter,
1: Fusper-tale.
0: But that, that had me giggling for a little <sighs> bit. But yes, yeah, that was. Thank well, you that. Well, that kind of
1: makes sense about the the kind of bash or hit sort of thing. Well,
0: yeah, yes, I found it highly <sighs> amusing. Very good. Which, while you're having a tattoo, if you giggle, it's not a good thing. No. And if you tattoo, a tattooist giggles as well. That's even worse,
1: yeah. Right, it just remains to say thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. And bye. That's it. Go away now.
0: Ta-ta. Love you.